We've got some fresh hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. You're listening to the Content before. is Profit One, podcast. Two, we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more on how to create a content that turns into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. There's a surprise in there for you. That yeah, is yeah. right. Go right now. Contentisprofit.com. And today... Amazing guest, amazing topic, Woo. crushing beliefs and creative massive impact through your own platform. I love it. Fancy. Yes. Sponsored today? Indeed. Yes. Who is it? We can your own. It. Yeah. The Biz Bros with Content Momentum. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. And if you are asking yourself, but Luis, what is Content Momentum? Well, guess tell me what? More, tell me more. I'm about to tell you exactly what it is. Oh, thank you. If you make long-form content, just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you want to turn it into value-packed, bite-sized assets, right? So then you can send them into social media like, like little minions so they can get you some more clients. We want to help you out. We can turn those value-packed assets just for you. So reach out at Beast Brosco on Instagram, on Facebook. Just slide in the DMs. That's right, guys. And don't forget to subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button so you know when those episodes are dropping on your phone every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. Uh, and uh, follow us on social media at Beast Brosco. You're struggling with that last one lately. The, the I, follow. I, I got it. You got it. You got it. I Good. got it today. Well done. Right. I'm just calling him out in front of everybody, wow. guys. Wow. But oh. you know what to do. If you find this episode impactful, please don't forget to share it. And, and... Leave a five-star review. <laughs> why, why two ends? I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, it's cool. It's so, cool. It sounds good. Sounds good. All <laughs> right. So today's guest, we met through one of our favorite events, Pot Max, which, friendly plug, go sign up if you have not done it yet. Either way, our spidey senses said we had to connect with her, and boom, next thing we know, we are planning today's podcast. That's right. Have you ever wondered if there is more in life than the traditional path? If you're listening to this, you probably have, and that is good because today's guest is the host of the More Than Corporate podcast, and she's bringing the heat, guys. She is bringing the heat. She's about to help us understand our value and reclaim our identity. Let's go. And she knows what she's talking about. She actually went through that herself. She started a law firm, then podcast and coaching business. She completed her NLP trainings and... Our favorite, our personal favorite, she completed a World Fist Mudder, which for those who don't know, it's an epic 24-hour race. Uh, Tough Mudder besties. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Please welcome host of the More Than Corporate podcast and world toughest lawyer, Miss Amber Furman. Hey, guys. Welcome, Amber. I feel like I just need to sit back here and watch the show. You guys are freaking fantastic. Like, oh. I, I'm digging the music. Oh, thank you. I appreciate thank it. You, thank you. But this is all about you. You are you are actually the one that is making this show today fantastic. Awesome. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So first of all, let, let, like, let's address this. You're a world <laughs> toughest mutter. 24-hour race. Uh, the only reason I know what that is is because I also did it. So, besties! Yes, what year did you run? Uh, mine was two years ago. 2018. So 2018. Uh, in Georgia. In, in Georgia, Atlanta. Atlanta. Is that the Where one you that you froze did? your butt off. Yes. yes. Um, no, I did 2017 in Vegas. I did the last Ooh. year in Vegas. It is, however, if you didn't see the announcement, coming it's coming back, back to Nevada next year. So I better see you guys on the course. Absolutely. That's happening. Actually, we're having this conversation yeah. right before this episode. We like, we, we honestly had no idea that you did this. So, uh, and we're like, this is happening. So I've yeah. been posting like lately my experience and we have these amazing like people that are like, absolutely, let's do it together. I'm like, are you sure you want to do the 24 hours? Cause Atlanta was pretty cold. It was like 32 yeah. degrees. The I was, wet suits I were was freezing. The, I was the pit crew and yeah. my, I couldn't oh, feel my toes. Man. Almost the the whole twenty four hours. I was like, "This is it was so amazing. cold." So, with that being said, I mean, I already know that you are a badass just because, like, that is a pretty awesome challenge. And then we'll probably we'll talk a little bit about you know the mindset that goes into that mm-hmm. in just a second. But before that, like, why don't you share with us a little bit of like who is Amber? Why are you doing what you do now? Because you are impact impacting a lot of lives very po- in a very positive way. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much again for having me on. Um, You mentioned that I have my own law firm. So who is Amber? 
Oh God, it's tough to put it in a nutshell. Um, I am an attorney. I am a podcaster. I have all of these experiences of what I thought life was supposed to be like, right? Mm -hmm. And I've suffered an immense amount of loss in my life and kind of compartmentalized all of those feelings yeah. and felt like so many people do that there was going to be this time in my life where everything was just going to fall into place. So I didn't really need to deal with my shit. Can I say that? I'm so Absolutely. sorry. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't need to, wait. I didn't need to deal with my stuff because oh, yeah. somebody was just going <laughs> to take this away. And, yeah. and I was never going to have to worry about all these emotions I didn't want to feel. And I was never going to have to worry about all this crap I didn't want to deal with um, because I was going to make six figures and I was going to have my law firm and everything was going to be perfect. And I tell people all the time that the most dangerous thing about tying your external version of success to this outside um, idea is yeah. that you just might hit it. And when you do, your entire world shatters. Everything that you've been working towards doesn't make sense anymore. And that's yeah. exactly what happened to me. Mm. So instead of feeling like I made it, I broke down and started figuring out, like, what does success mean to me? Because I feel like such a failure. And everybody around me is telling me how amazing my job is, how amazing what I'm doing is. And every time they say that, I feel like a little bit more of me dies inside. Mm -hmm. And I spent the next four years, the last four years, trying to answer that question. And as I got through the things I needed to go through, I realized that I'm nowhere near the only person that feels this way. That so many people tie their identity to an idea of what they're supposed to do in life yeah, or something that they've worked so hard for. And then when they wake up and they're like, whose life is this? Who am I? Whose life am I living? Because it's certainly not mine. Yeah. They don't know how to give themselves permission to do what they actually want to do. And that's the basis of the podcast. That's the basis of my coaching business. That's the basis of everything I do now. Ooh. Wow, that's pretty, where that's where pretty where do you grow up, Amber? Like where like how was do you have like this typical I, childhood? Like what what was that like? Yeah, I grew up in a super small town in Idaho. Um, like twelve hundred people. My graduating Ooh. class in high school was eighty kids, and we were the biggest graduating class that the town had ever seen. Yeah. So everyone knew everyone. Like super close knit family style. Uh, and I didn't know that that's not the way that everybody lived. And so we just had these amazing experiences. Yeah. And I'm so grateful I grew up that way. I'm also grateful I no longer live there. <laughs> and yeah. I get to have that upbringing and also understand city life and bring the two of them together. Beautiful. Yeah, well, you know, we, we often say, we've noticed this, that most successful people come either from Canada or <laughs> Idaho. So we're going to have to move to one of those places. You know, we're going to have to... Yeah, Amber, you were gonna say something. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, so that's I'm right. So I'm half Canadian. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, so I, so I, I I feel like I wanted this too because I'm married to a Canadian. So like, does that transfer like you know by osmosis or something? Like, I please tell me yes. <laughs> I mean, not by osmosis, but by really hard work. It yes, the, love uh, it. That's how it's. I, so I love I love coaching. You know, Amber. action yeah. point number Coach one Amber. of today's episode is to either move to Idaho or okay, Canada. Canada. Okay, um, <laughs> then we can move on to action points number two. But I, Amber, I love what you're what you're saying. You know, kind of like how people usually tie their their you know their external identity, I guess, uh, all their goals together, and then when they get there their whole perception of life like shatters because it's like, wow, you know, they have all this expectation of my life is going to be solved. All my problems are going to be solved when I get here. And then when you get there, you're like, you know what? I'm still messed up inside. So I I'm curious first, what were some of your challenges? I, I have other questions in here already that I, I want to ask, but I'm curious on like on your journey there, you know, what were some of the challenges that you encountered that made you realize the importance of being good with yourself on the inside, right? That identity of yours instead of, wow, it's all this external thing. Yeah. So um, I mentioned that I had suffered an immense amount of loss in my life and that plays a huge part in my journey. Um, mm. I started losing people at the age of eight when my cousin committed oh. suicide. And then I lost multiple people up to when my dad was killed when I was 17. Wow. Um, and then it just continued. And so 
unknowing to me, because as we're going to get into my NLP journey, you have your conscious mind and your unconscious mind that work together and your unconscious mind stores everything. And your conscious mind only understands about 10% of what's going on. So unbeknownst to me, I had this unconscious belief that people were going to leave my life. Mm. I also had this need to connect with people Mm. and this fear of being alone. And so that created this like fear of abandonment and fear of being alone that we're creating this codependency that ran without me even knowing it for most of my life. Um, I had these things that I needed to work towards because I knew I always wanted to be successful. If you asked me to tell you what success meant, I never could. I just knew that I wanted to be it. Mm. And so I I had this law school eventually pop up in what I wanted to do. And I always had that thing to focus on when I no longer had the next thing. So when I passed the bar and it was just living that day to day life and there was no longer that next challenge I needed to work towards, um, I started to really realize the life I was in and it showed up as a panic attack that lasted four days and I couldn't eat. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was not at home. I was away for a court appearance. And um, for four days, I just sat there and realized that the only reason that I had been able to convince myself that I was emotionally stable in the past was because I was able to control my environment. And when you took me out of my environment in a place where I didn't have anybody but myself to rely on, I wasn't capable of grounding myself. And sitting in that for four days was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. And it is also the reason that I knew I needed to get help. Mm. And that led to my therapy journey, which led to my NLP journey, which led to this just understanding of the way the mind works, the way that we store emotions and the way those emotions that are stored and our unhealthy relationship with them impact how we show up to others and the success that we have in our life. And going through that journey has completely transformed everything I've done. Well, I I can't wait to dive deeper into that. I'm actually reading right now, Becoming Superhuman uh, by Joe Dispenza. And well, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, we, we had a, a previous guest that we're going to have to connect you with her because I think you guys are going to get along and especially talking about this. Uh, her name is Mary Hyatt and she recommended that book ab- ab- about, you know, becoming superhuman. Yeah. And wow, it has blown my mind, the connection, right? And this is things that we are not aware. This is things that you don't listen in your in your day to day, right? And I think that leads to my next question, which is why do we set up these external goals, right? In, in society, why society is so fixated in these external goals instead of working on the internal ones, right? Setting these internal goals for us to, let's say, become more uh, balanced and centered uh, as human beings. Yeah, so the most important thing to realize whenever you're doing anything in life is that people do the best they can with the tools that they're given. And we learn from the people who raised us And they learn from the people who raised them. And we set these goals. I mean, there's there's this trend that almost anybody you can you talk to will tell you that at some point in time they thought money was the answer to all their problems. Mm. You know, it's not a unique feeling. And it's because I I believe it has a lot to do with the way the school system is. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) And I don't know that I have an answer to give anybody on that. But it just seems like we are groomed from the time that we're a kid to constantly prepare yourself for high school and then prepare yourself for college and then prepare yourself for a job so that you can make money. And these conversations about preparing yourself to be happy with who you are, these conversations about understanding your self-worth and your value and dealing with these emotions, number one, those don't get had enough. And number two, if they did, would we be ready to hear them? Because we can only deal with these things when we're ready to accept them. And frankly, we normally don't really care until... So, So in the NLP world, there's there's um, timelines. So from zero to seven, you're imprinted. So you're taking in everything that you learn around you. Yeah. And then from seven mm-hmm. to 14, you're modeling that. So you're looking at what people around you are doing and you're taking that imprint period and you're turning that into how do I want to act? Yeah. 
And then from 14 to 21, you take that out into the world and you socialize yourself using what you've learned in your imprint period and what you've learned in your modeling period. And it's not until after you get out of that socialization period that you really start to think about things in a bigger perspective. Yeah. Um, and so if we were to have these conversations younger, I'm not so sure that people would be capable of understanding, understanding them. Yeah. Interesting. That That is, wow, that, that is an ama amazing way to answer that question. Because no? I've been asking myself lately, you know, I, I feel like I'm in, the, in that last stage. I mean, I'm 27 right now. And again, I see myself mm. back a few years and I'm just amazed at the change right I, i don't even i wouldn't even recognize the the fancy that i am right now compared to the fancy that i was when i was 20 21 years old and a question that has been popping in my head lately is when i see people that i know they have the potential right and i'm like how are they not aware yet right and what you said like people do the best they can with the tools they're given is probably that maybe they haven't encountered a situation yet or someone that imprints right these thoughts into their mind so then they can start thinking about it in, in, in a deeper way yeah and in a reflective way where they are now you know kind of like analyzing themselves and thinking okay how do i get there now how do i take those those next steps yeah. which is extremely interesting yeah Amber, uh, i want i want to thank you for sharing your story yeah. because you know that that's that's not often that we get to hear so such a like real and raw aspect to to this and and i'm guessing that was not like that from the very beginning right so so we we've talked about you know the publishing uh journey like people like trying to find that message and those stories mm -hmm. what what motivated you to start doing it and what are some things that that have facilitated that process, uh, not only for your professional life, but but also the impact, the positive impact that's caused like within you and now the impact that you do with so many people. Yeah, so um, first of all, it was the podcast. The podcast was really the biggest impact um, and where everything else started to fall into place. Um, I started the podcast in 2018 in August and I started going to therapy in March of 2016. So we're about two and a half years into this journey for me. And I just felt like I really needed to share this message with the world. Yeah. And, you know, stepping back about six, seven months, um, I had had this urge to start sharing my journey. And I decided to do it through a blog post. And I was still so tied into the legal community. And so my identity was so tied up with being an attorney yeah. that I was terrified that if I talked about this, I was going to be chastised by my clients. Mm. And I was going to be chastised by the legal community because this isn't stuff that anybody wants to talk about this yeah, isn't stuff yeah. that you know you just go to legal parties and you're like the attorney with emotions right like it's an it's it's a profession where you put up this guard and you represent your clients to the best of your ability and then mm. everything else just kind of gets pushed aside Absolutely. so i wrote this blog post about my story and i went to post it and i sent it to a friend of mine and he says this is amazing but are you going to put your name on this? Wow. And I said, I think I have to, because one of the very first TED Talks that I watched, the, the first day I went to therapy, my um, therapist gave me The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown, and it changed my life. And something that she said in there really resonated with me, and it was, if courage is a value that I want to live by, mm. then not doing this isn't an option. And so as I, he, he told me, he said, Amber, this is going to ruin your career. And, and I thought about that and said, you know, I can't put this out without my name on it Yeah. because then I'm hiding. I can't talk about courage and vulnerability and authenticity and then put out an anonymous blog post about courage and vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah. So I, it took me some time and I thought, you know what, if this ruins my career, it's not the career for me. And I posted it. And the response I got was amazing from wow. attorneys, you know, I suffer with depression too. I suffer from anxiety too. And I'm like, why aren't we talking about this? So I knew then that I had something I needed to share. I also knew that I didn't want to write it. Um, yeah. I write all day <laughs> in yeah. my profession and I was not about to commit to a blog, Yeah, but I can talk 
like the best of them. So I was like, all right, once I figured out this podcast thing, all bets were (laughs) off. And I was like, okay, I love this. So I started the podcast as a passion project. And then Mm. it just led to these conversations and these transformational opportunities to not only help myself grow and help myself see new perspectives, also helping other people who were stuck in these spots. And I realized I would love to say really quickly, but it was not quick. Um, I realized about a year later (laughs) that this is what I wanted to be doing with my career. Yeah. Wow. That's That's a powerful story because, you know, I don't think we share this one too often, but I remember when I was in the fitness industry, I had this like member that would come in and, and she had like this great light, right? She would come in and always happy. And, you know, later I found out that she was a life coach, right? And she coached like different things. And, and I started sharing, you know, my, my story where we come from in Venezuela, right? We, we escaped really like, uh, this like crazy political situation. Our family is still there, but like we came to the States looking for new opportunities. Right. And at the time I was really having a ton of fun and, and enjoying my job. And I was like connecting with a lot of people and we're starting to do these tough motors things and, and these races. And we're starting to share our, like our journey, like through social media, not like we do now, very different, but it was like, uh, we, we had this blog called mass life that it was like, how do you see the positives in, in every situation? Right. And there was this urge of sharing that message and through our experiences that at the time were the tough mother races. Right? So we would go out with a group of friends and we'll share this. And I was like, I remember I was terrified to share these things at that level, not even for a business, not even for nothing, because I would, in my mind, my thought was like, well, there's still there's still people back in Venezuela. There's still my friends back in Venezuela, and uh, and if they see this, they're gonna they're gonna hate me. Like they're like right. They're gonna like because Luis is living like his amazing life and he's having a blast, and we're stuck here, right? And then I'm having this very real conversation with Mary, and uh, and she goes like, "Well, what if you inspire them to do better? What if you inspire them to take action?" and do something that they actually love with their life, right? And that conversation, like, that stuck with me. And it wasn't until, like, three, almost four years later that we decided to start publishing the way that we do today. And and I, I really wish we would have started earlier, right? And, and, I, and I can really, like, feel, like, the pain that you went through because uh, it, it's, like, is that like, oh man, like the people I grew up with, right? There's a lot of people that are still there that are, that, and we had like these family chats or like these friend chats where everybody's in there commenting and normally it tends to be a little bit negative because of the situation, the environment that they live in. And then I am so afraid of sharing these amazing moments that we're living, right? And so for those listening, take the leap because the second that we did, the second that Amber did, um, everything changed and you find this support and then the people that really like resonate with that message are going to be attracted to you and then you have these amazing conversations. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank you for letting me share that one. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And and I think that's probably one of the biggest rewards we have seen with podcasting for us, but for for many it's a different form of, of publishing their content, right? which is opening these these doors for new relationships, new people into your life. And it has been incredible. And I'm curious, you know, why do people, what what do you think there's so much fear, right? Especially to be vulnerable, right? To show this courage and maybe put yourself out there and share your message. So I think it goes back to kind of what we talked about before of being raised by whoever Mm. you were raised by, right? Because you meet people who are so willing to be vulnerable. Even, Even that though, there still comes with this fear of rejection, right? We want connection so badly. Mm. And then you fear that you're going to be rejected if you share something. There's also, it's really interesting that you shared the story that you did, Luis, because I just pushed through that this weekend at this event that I'm at where I realized that although I had all of these major breakthroughs before, that I was still unconsciously sabotaging my success because Mm -hmm. I had this belief that if I was successful, the people in my life would be uncomfortable. And I felt like I needed to keep them comfortable. And one of the most powerful things that really hit me this weekend, and I've known this, but there's a difference between knowing it logically and unconsciously understanding understanding it Mm. and having those two integrate Mm. um, is that people are not capable of seeing something in you that they don't understand. So 
there's this idea that perception is projection. You can only see what you know. So if you've ever had that experience where you're like, there's just something about this person and I can't put my finger on it and I just don't know what it is. It's because you don't, you don't know what that thing is. You just know it's something, right? So, um, we act so many times people act and this applies directly to marketing content as well. We act in a way that we think other people want Mm -hmm. to hear. Mm -hmm. We act in a way that we think is going to allow other people to see us in the way we want to be seen. And what's really freeing is the fact that it's impossible to do that because people are going to see you the only way they are capable of seeing you, no matter what you do. You you can act however you're going to act and somebody is only capable of seeing you in the way that they are capable of seeing you until their perception changes. So why would you act any other way than what's in alignment with you? Mm -hmm. And once you take that pressure off of your shoulders and realize that no matter what you do, the people who are judging you, the people who are maybe turned off by your content, they're going to be turned off by it anyways, because that's all about them and nothing about you. And that allows you to just show up as yourself and attract the people that you need to be attracting to make the impact that you want to make. Ah, so good. I love it. That that reminds so me good. of a book I, I read this year that I love. And I'm actually thinking of going back and rereading it because it, it's called <laughs> The Courage to be Disliked. And it just talks about what you were talking about, which is you have to learn to disconnect yourself, right? Like from the others in the sense that I'm not giving the power to control them. Like if they perceive me in a negative way, that's on them, right? That's that's their decision to do that. And I cannot change that, right? Like I'm going to keep being myself. And I think that is so important because like you said, in this world of content, people I think they're afraid of, I'm going to put myself out there because I want other people to perceive me in this certain way. And then as soon as they see uh, a dislike, a little angry face on Facebook, they're turned off by that. And they're like, oh, I don't really want to put myself out there anymore. And or at or the end even of- worse, like that crazy number, number zero, if you go live, right? Like it, yeah. it chases people, right? It's like, oh man, but guess what? That video might be watched by one person and then you change that one person's perspective and then they turn around and then they help so many other people, right? Like we talked about this in the show before. It's that hourglass effect. So by not taking action, like Fonse is saying, like then you're preventing that progress to, to you know, start playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's key. How, how, do, how do people go about disconnecting themselves like that from the outcome, let's say, right? From wanting other people to like them and, and to be want, empowered, to empower yourself, right? Like you said, to reclaim your identity. So, you know, the reality is that change happens unconsciously. It doesn't happen consciously. So it's really, you can't do this by trying to do it. Like there's mm. just a moment that comes that something clicks for you and you change on an unconscious level. And that's what makes NLP so powerful. You know, so many people hear NLP and they think that it's this manipulation technique because every car salesman that they ever know was NLP trained. <laughs> and um, they're afraid that they're going to turn into like big Bob down on the corner, right? Like that's not the way it works. It's about yeah. understanding your emotion, the way that your brain works, the way that people talk to each other. And it's about being able to affect the change that you want to make in your yourself on an unconscious level Mm. so that you're not fighting with, oh my gosh, what are people thinking about this? I shouldn't be looking at how many people are watching. I should be focusing on my content. And you're consciously trying to fight that program that's running on an unconscious level. And because you're doing that, you're not getting the message that you want out because what people are seeing they're, they're disconnected from you and they don't know why what you're saying could be amazingly valuable, but there's something about the way you're showing up because you have this thought process that you're more worried about what other people are thinking of you and it can only be changed unconsciously. So either you do it intentionally by going through an NLP training Or you read something, you experience something, and it unconsciously clicks. And all of a sudden, it changes. Yeah, I, so I, I've definitely, I felt that. I felt that, that unconscious moment that when it clicks, that it's like, whoa. You know, and, and, yeah. and I'm sure everybody is able to, 
to relate to that. Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, it was like a, a screw it, screw it moment. It was like, ah, I'm so frustrated. Like, screw it, let's just do it, right? Like, and and and, and that's I think how the podcast kind of started. Well, it, it started as a as a place of like fear, like on me. And Fonzie was like, hey, let's change perspective, right? Like, screw the situation. It was like right when COVID was started, most of our clients were brick and mortars. They had to close because of the city, everything was closed. And immediately, like within a week, like most of it, like 80% of our income was like gone, right? And uh, and we're like, man. And uh, after my freak out moment, Fonz is like, let's just like, <laughs> let, we have some time, right? Like, we have some wiggle room, let's, let's do this, right? And we're like, yeah, screw it. Like, yeah. Let's go right, and he, he ha we haven't stopped at episode one seven right, and and the relationships and the amazing connections. Like we recover business, we were able to expand the business. Like opportunities are are, are there, and we're like yeah, and we never felt maybe like as comfortable sharing like our thoughts as like again yeah. it, it took us like four years to get to to that decision where like ah we're doing it does it like we don't care like uh if we have one person like seeing the, the video amazing like so awesome like so great like the message is the filter for the audience right if we're talking in marketing like terms but at the end of the day it's like that person is going to be attracted to you and how can i impact that person's life right so uh yeah to me i'll define it as uh, the screw up the, the screw it screw it moment the, the screw it yeah screw I like it, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know Amber I, I'm curious now that you know let's say you've been I mean actually you've been actually doing your podcast for a while now I think it's a hundred over a hundred episodes 120 something like that yeah yes 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 that's amazing and I'm extremely curious to see what has been your change right that you have perceived in yourself from episode one to episode 127-ish <laughs> I think it is Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who's done any content at all can go back and listen to their first episode and they're like, Jesus Christ, like that was awful. <laughs> right. So, um, and, and it Absolutely. was awful. And it was also where I was at at the time. And I think it, and especially right now, I'm in the middle of publishing a book and yes. um, to get my content, like I was sitting here, like, I don't want to write this. We've already determined I don't want to write any more than I already do for my law firm. <laughs> and so I'm like, how do I write my book? And then like, I have 127 podcast episodes. Like my book is written. It's it done. just doesn't yeah. have words on pages. Right. So I'm going back through using um you know our the zeotag stuff that was referenced through podmax um yeah. and actually transcribing That's and creating so the book that i want to create so um i'm listening to all of those now and it's just this fantastic experience um to be able to recognize growth because so yeah. many times we don't take the time to realize where we came from and then we're like man i'm awful on camera like I, i didn't say this and i didn't say that and i meant to say this and then you go back to your first episode and you're like but i don't sound like that anymore so yes. i must be doing something right yeah absolutely yeah. i mean you know we come from soccer you know i'm wearing a soccer jersey like right now and you know you start practicing and you can't even you know shoot a soccer ball Fonsi still can't yeah. uh but you know after a few years of you know practicing you know you get you get really good at it and then you can put that ball whatever you you can and and you know we started seeing content as that like he, this is our training ground right like this is every day put in the time and the amazing thing is like we're counting the benefits of of having a platform you probably have seen it too not only the relationships but audience building uh just the fact of trying to put your thoughts into words that uh, i seem to have an issue every single episode it's okay we're getting better right uh, and there's like so many pluses right i'm um, just putting in the work every day in day out it's just like let's see what happens let's put it out there and see what happens right and through that journey helping a ton of people and i think that has been one of the like big benefits that we've seen also on our end yeah and i love what you said able to recognize growth because you know this morning with our team every morning with our team we do like a a gratitude segment where we start the day literally saying what we're grateful for mm. and today the topic of celebrating the little wins came up right and i think this ties very good to the external that we were talking at the very beginning because we're so focused on the big goal all the time that we forget all these little you know steps that we take that we are constantly growing and we we forget to celebrate those and and live from a place of gratitude right and i know now that i'm reading 
uh, becoming superhuman that there's a thing called uh, hard coherence, which your thoughts in your brain and what you're feeling in your heart actually matches your energy, right? And for me, that was like, wow. Now I understand why sometimes I feel like, I, I feel like pressure inside of me and, and those are the days that I'm not working well is because I'm, I'm misaligned. So how do people go about recognizing and, and, and just, I guess, living from a place of, of gratitude, gratitude, aligning themselves and, and, you know, accepting these little wins? Because a lot of people, again, because or reference usually in the media is all these great things that people are doing all the time. So people live in a constant state of compare, comparing themselves to others. How do they go about? No, you know, it's about I got to focus on me right now. I cannot give my power, my power to others and live in gratitude. How do they do that? So um, everybody has to take their own journey. So for me, um, I didn't find NLP until 2018. So my transformation came from Tough Mudder. And I say all the time that Tough Mudder is the reason I opened my law firm. So I had decided, like I, I wanted to run a Tough Mudder so badly. And I kept, well, scratch that. I didn't want to do a Tough so Mudder. I wanted to run an before, office. Before you train. continue with this story, I mean, let's describe. <clears throat> Sorry. Are you okay there? You okay? Wow. I got I got emotional. Uh, no, let's describe the Tough Mudder event, right? Like it is a a, a twelve mile obstacle course. That's the normal one. That's the normal one, yeah. right? Uh, you know, it can take you X amount of time. You have to just like finish it. And there's like between twenty to like thirty obstacles in between. Some might involve electricity, heights, like ice water and uh, and then you start that race and you're like why did I sign up for this right that's kind of like the general feeling of the race like and by the way it gets addicting I've done more than 15 plus the 8 hour plus the 24 hour as well so uh, are you like, bragging right now no but I'm okay. just saying like we're connecting I know I, I'm sorry you couldn't come to all those races I Fonzie know, I know I'm just uh, jealous over here but like I just want to put a picture it of like it's just not a normal race like mm -hmm. it, it is it it is a challenge that people choose and pay some money to do. And then you're like, why am I doing this? Uh, so I just <laughs> wanted to preface your story because I, I feel like we need to like set the stage on like why this was so transformative for you because I feel you. It was for me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you did that. So, you know, Tough Mudder is kind of, and you know, we could get into again, a whole nother episode on the difference between the yeah. different races. <laughs> but um, for me, the reason I love Tough Mudder is because it's more of a mental challenge than a physical one. Um, whereas Spartan for me just feels like a bad boot camp some days. So, um, but Tough Mudder has, you know, your height obstacles, your water obstacles, they're obstacles that they are physically challenging. And at the same time, they mess with your head and you have to get out of your head and you have to face your fears in order to complete them. And so for me, I moved to Vegas in 2013 and I saw this ad for a mud run and I was like, I really want to do this. Right. And I would buy tickets and then I'd psych myself out and I'd buy tickets and I'd psych myself out. And then I had my breakdown in 2016 mm. and I started working out with some people. And one of the people there was an obstacle course trainer. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a terrain run. <laughs> so I'm gonna come train with you. And he worked at an obstacle course gym. Yeah. So he invited me for a one-on-one -on -one session and I was naive enough to think the obstacles were gonna be the easy part and running <laughs> is what I needed to worry about, right? So. I um, had no idea what I was getting myself into. I grew up on a farm. I'm like, I like mud. I like climbing stuff. Obstacles are fine. I hate running. But I'm going to go do this one-on-one -on -one session with him so I can show myself I can do it. And then I'm yeah. going to go on my way. And I walk in this gym and it is like a torture device for ninjas. <laughs> like it's awful. Okay. I'm looking around and you have like three different sides of walls and, and it's, it's a ninja gym and an obstacle course gym. So you got the warped wall that you see on Ninja Warrior. You got like the salmon ladders and then you've got, you know, um, they had a mini Everest, like all of this stuff, monkey yeah. bars, all this stuff. And I'm like, this is not where I'm supposed <laughs> to be. So it. I go to turn around and this guy is like, hey, Amber, how are you? And I'm like, I, I left something in my car. And he's like, awesome. You have keyless entry, right? And I said, yeah. And he's like, give me your keys. And he unlocked my car. 
And I went and got the imaginary thing that was in my car. <laughs> and then he locked my car and I came back in, right? He so, knew. He knew. He's, he's we, done it once or twice, probably. Wow, I love that. Right. Once or twice before. So we started on these four foot walls and I was like, okay, I can do this, right? Like, yeah. um, this is this. I knew I could do this. I'm going over four foot walls. I'm five eight. I can step over a four foot wall. So I'm like, okay, I can go over these four foot walls. I'm good. And then we go to the six foot walls and I'm like, okay, like, and then we go to the eight foot walls and I'm like, I have no idea why we're here mm. because I ain't doing this. And he gets me on top of that wall and I just laid there and cried for probably 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm not coming down. I need an IV. You need a new wall and I need a lease agreement because This is where I'm staying for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started, he's, again, he's done this multiple times. Yeah. So I started to come down the wall on the side he was standing on, which was the side I came up on. And he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And I said, I'm coming down. And he says, no, this is the side of the wall you're comfortable on. This is the side mm -hmm. of the wall you feel safe on. He says, you are exactly halfway across this wall. It takes the same amount of physical energy to go down and finish this obstacle as it does to come down on the side that I'm standing on that you feel safe on. Oh, and so I don't have anything else to do today. So if you come down, I'm just putting you back up there. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. So I finished this <laughs> obstacle, right? So this was in like September of 2016. So this trainer and I became very close. And he ran World's Toughest Mudder in 2016, which is a five-mile loop of Tough Mudder. You run it as many times as you can in 24 hours. It's got 20 obstacles per five-mile loop. Yeah. So it's really ridiculous and unnecessary and amazing <laughs> and fantastic. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go pit for you. So I ran my first Tough Mudder in October. Yeah. And then I went to pit for him in November of 2016. And... I looked at these people and I saw amputees running this race. I saw blind people running this race. I saw wow. veterans with seizure disorders running this race with their dogs. Like I had no excuse not to be successful. And I remember being so emotionally exhausted at the end of that race because it was such a community yeah. and everybody was there to do their best. And the people who ran 15 miles were supported by the people who ran 110. And it just, it was so amazing. And I remember so looking great. at him now, keep in mind, I've ran one tough mutter my entire life at this point. And I said, if this is in Vegas next year, I'm running it. And he says, okay, but it won't be. And I said, I'm just telling you if it is, I'm running it. Yeah. And they announced it was going to be the last dance in the desert. And he called me the day they announced that. And he says, are you buying your ticket? And I said, well, and he's like, no, no. Like do it <laughs> while we're on the yeah. phone. And so I bought my ticket and I ran um, 17 Tough Mudders that year in 2017. Wow. Um, I traveled every month. I did. And, and, and along the way, I can remember the milestones. I remember my first multi-lap day in yeah. Texas. So I would do two laps of the regular Tough Mudder course on Saturday. And then I'd come back and do one lap yeah, on Sunday so in order to train for the 24 hours. And I did that every single month. Um, and each time I did that, I accomplished something I couldn't accomplish before. And I will never forget the first time that I completed the walls on the actual course instead yeah. of going around them and making excuses and calling my trainer and being so excited yeah. that um, I could actually finish this. So to bring this back to your question, somewhere along that journey, I started to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along that journey, I started to realize that I was capable of more than I thought I was. And somewhere along that journey, I quit my job and opened my own law firm, something I had never wanted to do and never thought of before. Yeah. And I tell people that you, you, your brain doesn't contextualize. So you cannot push yourself out of your comfort zone in one area of your life and yeah. not experience the benefits of it in every other area of your life. So as I was learning how to climb eight foot walls and as I was learning how to push myself for 30 mile weekends, I was also learning that I can run a business. And I was learning that I can face my fears in relationships and in, you know, business and, and all of these things. And then 
After that, I found the NLP journey, which was fantastic and a cherry on top. So to answer your question, for somebody who's out there who has no idea what they need to do to move forward, but they feel stuck, the answer is do something uncomfortable mm -hmm. every single day. You know, I know Luis knows this. I don't know how much Fonzie knows this, um, but I have the words, when was the last time you did something for the first time written on my wall? So um, and, and, and I live by it. When I jumped off the sphere in 2017, I have a video of me screaming that on the way down. Like that is a motto that I live my life by. And if I can't answer it honestly, then I'm not living in a way that's going to allow me to grow. And sometimes doing something for the first time is running a 24 hour obstacle course race. Sometimes it's going to a networking event and not holding up the wall yep. and setting a, a goal of how many people you're gonna meet. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's stopping on the side of the road and, and putting together care packages. And, and you know, it doesn't have to be crazy, yeah. but get out of your comfort zone, change your perspective of what's possible. Meet people who show you what your upbringing didn't. Meet people who change the way that you look at the world. That's how you start to get rid of external expectations. Ooh. Wow. Thank that you. was an incredible story. Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing that. I mean, I'm on fire right now to go and run like 80 miles to train for uh, for these these races. Yeah. Um, I cannot run 80 miles, just so you guys know. Yeah. But the lawyer in me has to tell you to talk to a medical professional. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and you know, I love this. You said your brain doesn't contextualize and I love your motto, right? When was the last time you did something for the first time? And with your story, I was thinking most people see progress kind of like in a linear way where if I get out of my of my comfort zone in here, I'm going to gain something within the same path. But what you're saying that your, your brain doesn't contextualize is crazy. And you just proved that with your own story that you went out of your way, you went into your uncomfortable zone, right, with the tough mother, but you gain in so many other places of your life, which is amazing, right? And yeah. that's what we have actually seen. Like, I think this is the best, best uh, explanation that I've ever heard, honestly, your story about that. But now I relate it to our story and what has happened since we actually started publishing with the podcast. And I've seen that... I. I've personally gained in other aspects of my life, like in, in relationships, the way I communicate with other people outside of the podcast, like it, it has improved. And I'm actually now yesterday, I had a call with one of my best friends uh, from school that I haven't talked to her in a very long time. And it was awesome to connect with her and have these conversations. And I feel is because I learned the value of relationships, even deeper relationships through podcasting now, because it has allowed us to, you know, again, yeah. create these incredible relationships. So thank you so much, because I, I do want to paint the picture in people's uh, head that when you do something uncomfortable, you're just not gaining on that lane, but you're gaining all in over your everything. life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we always ask you guys about the action point, right? And, and I think you described it perfectly with that story, like, go try something uncomfortable, something different, right? Like do something for the first time, do something for the first time. Like for many, right? Like it, the, of our listeners is maybe doing that first Facebook live for five minutes, right? Like we have this, this guy that we work with and it, the first time that he was like, Oh my gosh, what do I say? Uh, like, and then 30 minutes later he stopped talking. So I like, you will find that. Right. And, and it's such a joy because then you can be like, Oh yeah, like I did that. Like if I did that, right. I'm going to be able to crush this. And and like you said, you were able to to start your own business and 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 just boost your your journey in an incredible way. So thank you so much. Now the other favorite question that we like to ask at the end of our show is, where would you be if you did not publish? Oh, good lord! Um, it's really hard to think about. It's almost emotional to think about because my life is so amazing right now, and it's amazing in a way that I didn't know it could be. And that came from my podcast. And I've been playing small. There's no doubt about the fact that I've been holding myself back. And this weekend, you know, I've mentioned that I'm here doing some training and I'm here till the 22nd finishing my trainer's training, the highest level that I'll get right now of NLP. And I make new, new realizations constantly. Um, and, and the biggest realization that I made this, this weekend was that I've been holding myself back 
significantly out of out of fear and needing a right way to do it and you know all the things that you talked about um i can't imagine i i I can't imagine a a life where i didn't publish it would be so miserable it'd be so miserable it's it's hard to think about thank you for the honesty like again like we love this question every time because it just keeps us like going forward and continue to do it right like sometimes we might feel alone in this journey like just know if you're listening that you're not alone you you have people like amber to like you know light the way uh you have us in your corner to to help you you know go through and crush all these fears and 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 then look at the impact right that that together we might be able to create and all the lives that, that we can impact uh if you're listening and you're starting to publish and you started with that journey you can too so uh come do a 24-hour race with us uh, that's on time <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the call to action <laughs> We're going to start you off small. We'll do like 12 miles exactly. to start you off. Yeah, yeah the, the call to action for today's episode is reach out to us and join <laughs> a tough, our Tough Mudder team <laughs> for as soon as they open I the know. races. We're going to go hit those courses and it's going to be not, we epic. Not, we now have the soccer team. We now have the Tough Mudder uh, obstacle racing team for the Contents Profit family. This is turning so good. This is turning mm, good. Uh, Amber, you're oh, actually man. officially Officially. the first member of the Contents Profit Tough Mudder team. Let's I'm, go. Honored. I'm yeah. honored. So we may need to combine them because one of my goals for next year was to create a more than corporate Tough Mudder Ooh. team. So we just need to do it together. Let's do it. Yes, yes let's do it. absolutely. I know we had like people like Pablo, like Parker, we were like uh, Nate was, they were also reaching over on social media yeah. and they're like, let they us do it. Do it. I, I know Pablo was the first commenting. So, uh, Pablo, I know you're listening. So I apologize, <laughs> man. Like they beat you to the episode. Just saying. Uh, awesome. All right, Amber, how can people reach out to you? How can they connect with you? if they want to find out more about you, about your show, about what you're doing? So my Facebook group is More Than Corporate Community on Facebook, or you can reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Amber Ray Furman. It's R-A-E in the middle. Awesome, guys. I encourage everybody to go there right now. Do not lose any seconds or minutes. Go connect. (laughs) right now because I mean you just heard Ooh, the entire episode and it was so absolutely amazing to thank what, you so much Amber muy, muy bueno alright guys <laughs> with that being said thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast go ahead and subscribe hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at BizBrosco that's right and if you find this episode impactful which I am sure you did it was amazing don't forget to share it and and leave a five star review thank you bye <laughs>